Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Soho Art Materials. In 1999, they opened their first shop on Grand Street with a handful of sketchbooks, brushes, paint, and their Trimar stretcher bars. From that point, they've been an integral part of the artistic fabric of New York City. Soho takes pride in what they do as the last independent art supply shop in New York City, and they continue to keep their product assortments and standards high. In 2015, they designed and engineered an aluminum stretcher bar system with the same tongue and groove assembly as a standard wood stretcher. These patented aluminum bars can't warp or twist and are 100% keyable in the corners and cross braces. I've been using them for a while now and these things always lay flat against the wall. They're super sturdy. And you can find out more about them at SohoArtMaterials.com. Sound and Vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is an employee-owned company that makes the best artist materials for making that you can get. Over the last 25 years or so, I've been using Golden Acrylics, Mediums, and Materials, and I stand by the quality in their products. They make acrylics that stay wet longer, they dry flat, mediums to make you paint super thick and beautifully fluid. They also make Williamsburg oil paints and core watercolors as well. You can find Golden in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the fine coffee makers at Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum has amazing coffee beans that you can order straight to your door. On their website, you can choose from different roasts from different origins, and you can even get a coffee subscription where you can get different beans delivered to your door each week or month. I'm on this subscription plan and it's amazing. As a coffee fanatic, getting new roasts all the time delivered fresh to the door is amazing. If you get to Seattle, you can even see a 10 foot by 40 foot mural of mine in their 6th and Bell Street shop. Check out Fulcrum Coffee Roasters at fulcrumcoffee.com. Martin Cross is an artist born in 1975 in Yate in the United Kingdom, and he holds a BA in Fine Art from the Bath Spa University. He lives and works in Bristol. He's exhibited his work in many galleries nationally and internationally, including Hales in London, Marion Boski in New York, Ratio 3 in Los Angeles, Osh Projects in London, Modern Art in London, Oceans Apart in Manchester, Bath Spa University, Spike Island, Limbo in Margate, The Stroud Museum, Kettle's Yard in Cambridge, amongst many other locations. Martin's work is in the collections of the Institute of Contemporary Art in Miami and NN Contemporary Art in Northampton in the UK. He shortlisted for the John Moore Painting Prize in 2023. I spoke to Martin about books, Bristol, patina and painting, bringing baggage to work, and much more. Here's our conversation. That is why I'm here, yeah. That's a good time uh, trip. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> um, so the opening was, was it Thursday? The opening was last week, yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. And yeah, I've just been uh, kind of riding, riding high ever since, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. been great. Really enjoying my time out here. 
How do you come to New York often? I mean, not not enough, I think. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was last here this time last year. Um, again, yeah. that was doing something with Bosky Gallery. Um, and then before that, I had been out. I mean, it was about 10 years before that, and it was part of my honeymoon. Yeah. But I've been out a few times. I mean, I have been about out a few times over the years. Um, it's one of the countries that I visited, or the the, the cities that I visited the most, I suppose, overseas. So um, yeah, I do I do like it out here. But yeah, maybe now I'm working with Bosky Gallery. Maybe I'll come out a bit more. Hopefully, more frequently. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. I mean, this has been embarrassing long since I've been to UK. So <laughs> way too long. Although my son really wants to go, so over this oh, this summer to take in some football and you know, yeah, and to nice. go to a couple places. So we'll, we'll we'll try to make that happen. It's been a long time though. Too <laughs> has he got a team that he supports? Yeah, he. Well, he's a United fan. We won't talk. Is about he? That today. They're getting crushed <laughs> at the moment. he's kind of like a closeted Brighton fan. I think because oh, okay. his friend that he goes to high school with is from Brighton, or his family is from Brighton. Okay, and you know they're a fun team. Though I mean, honestly, they're a much more exciting fun team to watch than United. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. At, At the, the moment, moment, they certainly are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, you know. <laughs> but you come from Yate, is that correct? I do. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. Don't know that much about <laughs> Yate to be on, well, or Bristol area, right? Yeah, sure. I mean. Uh, whenever uh, I have been dealing with Americans, I always just say Bristol because it's, I mean, Bristol, I think, is remote enough. Um, and, you know, everyone I speak to is always, will always say, are you from London? Are you based in London? And, um, you <laughs> well, know, I only, have to say. It's the only place, <laughs> it's the only, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And in fairness, the, the, you know, the art world does seem to revolve around London a lot. Right. Um, so I get it. Um but yeah, I'll, I'll always heavily specify that I'm from Bristol, but I don't really say Yates. Whereas when I'm talking to uh, people in the UK, I will say Yates because right. people will know Bristol, but then when I say Yates, they're like, oh, where's that? And, you know, they're, they're kind of fascinated by the yeah. fact that there's this yeah, small town kind of uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's not really in the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of like a commuter town, I suppose, to Bristol. Right, but you're um, you're close to Cardiff, right? I mean, <laughs> for an American, uh, yeah, I am really close to Cardiff. But if you're but if you're based oh, in the UK, yeah, that, Cardiff <laughs> is like a million miles away. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, my my sense of distance is like you know informed yeah. by you know this like Chicago's pretty damn far, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 In relation, sure. so yeah, Absolutely. I get it. You, yeah. I mean, you have to cross a an adjacent body of water and yeah absolutely yeah 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 you got to do all that but much closer to cardiff than london oh yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 yeah. um yeah but yeah i mean london's only like i don't know an hour and three quarters away it's not a huge distance so you know anywhere in the uk really is close compared to yeah a u.s kind of geographical perspective yeah well, I just, just to, as an example, I just drove back from work, yeah. which was teaching at Penn State, and that's a four and a half hour drive in traffic. Oh, 
I mean, that would, I would, if I did a four and a half hour drive, I probably would drive off the end of Scotland. <laughs> into, into the You'd be in Morocco. <laughs> Whoops. Bumped into Gibraltar so, on the way over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing. That's, I always feel when I go to Europe, I'm always so jealous that people can just hop on a train and, and be in another language in like yeah. hours. I mean, it yeah, really does wonders for, you know, opening one's eyes to, to differences and, you know, yeah, in yeah, the world. Absolutely. And I think here in the U S that can be problematic when you can drive mm. for a day and not hit a major metropolitan. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, you're pretty remote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I know. Yeah. It's, I guess it's the kind of, yeah, it's the one downside, but it's also a beautiful thing as well. The fact that you can just keep going, keep driving and yeah. you're just still, still on the same continent is, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. But. Yeah. I love those stories of the early days of settlers when mm. they would be traveling, you know, just traveling West and they would yeah. see the Rocky mountains and think, Oh, we're close to, you know, but they would just keep going and going and going <laughs> that far away. It was like a mirage. <laughs> Like, well, I can yeah. see it. It must be close. And it's no, it's just really far. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it, the Yate Bristol area? Well, speaking of Yate, I yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Neil, one of the lures of it is JK Rowling, right? And I'm admittedly know nothing about Harry Potter. Nothing. That, Although the family, the family loves I, it. <laughs> I know nothing about uh, Harry Potter either. I mean, well, that's actually a lie because I was, I've been a bookseller for many years, but uh, yeah, I, I've never read them, so I, I don't know really anything about them. But yeah, me and uh, J.K. Rowling, that's it. That's there the you only go. people that have come from Yale. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's good company, I guess, as far as, I mean, financially, you must be doing great to be in the same sentences. As- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, growing up there, was it, is it bucolic? Was it a quiet sort of i would imagine uh, i mean uh, or was it I industrial had, it's basically so it's a like i said it's a commuter town just outside of bristol yeah about i don't know 15 miles away something like that um and it is essentially just a large housing estate so it's just this big uh, area of lots and lots of houses um with a very small kind of like shopping area, shopping center. And mm-hmm. um, I have got, I've had a real, over the years, I've had a real love hate relationship with it. You know, when I was younger, a younger man, you know, I couldn't wait to, to leave the place. Um, but over the years, as I've got older, I've really kind of, uh, I don't know, fallen back in love with it as a, as a, as a place and a space. Um, and you know, yeah, I really, it kind of forms you, doesn't it? Where, where you're from, um, yeah. you can't, you can't like escape it. it. <laughs> like yeah, it or yeah, not. Yeah. It's a little Absolutely. bit of it in you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always going to be there and you can try and deny it, but actually, uh, yeah, over the years I've learned to embrace it and just, and that's why now I'm very much like, yeah, I'm from Yates. That's, yeah. that's important. Oh, yeah. It's important that, um, it gets mentioned, I think, um, because yeah, it's made me who I am and it's, it, I think it informs the paintings that I make and all the artwork that I make as well. Um, and I don't necessarily know how, but it, I think it does. So yeah, I, I, I love it. And um, I remember my, my parents, they still live there. My sister lives there. Um, so, you know, I go back, I go back fairly often. And, um, but you're in Bristol, right? So you're not far. Is that right? 
Oh yeah, you know, yeah, just stone throw. So yeah, it's it's really easy to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I moved away from from Yate and Bristol uh, like when I was a younger person. But yeah, I've, I've kind of come back. Yeah. To, to Bristol, yeah. And, I think that's a good yeah. dynamic because I think those who are the lifers who never leave and just become so provincially connected and proud. Yeah. And, Sometimes yeah. that can be a little toxic. It's almost too much. So it's good. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the dynamic kids have with their parents where you have to push back a little bit, then you go away and then you're like, oh, yeah. they were actually, they actually did some things for me. And, and you yeah. know, you have, a, you have like a newfound appreciation for it being away from it for a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, your parents, were they in the creative fields? Or like what did, what was their... No, not at all. My my parents are both. Um, uh, I mean, you would consider them they're working class people. They yeah. they both. My mum works in a in a factory producing plastics, like plastic kind of trays and things for like industrial, like um, or sorry, um, I don't know, uh, just like things you buy in shops. You know, there's like plastic right. trays that you get yeah, inside yeah. A, an inside a packet of something or other. Um, she was there for years, absolutely years. Um, and my dad, he worked in various kind of, uh, on, on various workshop floors doing electronic stuff. Um, he, yeah, just would make stuff for a like, tiny electronic things for like, um, airplanes and, um, at one time, a, 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 a space, um, Giotto, I don't know if you remember Giotto, which was like a, this craft that, flew through the uh the the tail of Haley's comet um Whoa. my dad made some like he did some tiny electronics for for that but you know very much uh you know yeah both working class no kind of creative um uh background there at all yeah i mean my dad i think my dad was the one that introduced me to to kind of like drawing because he he had an ability to draw but yeah there's no absolutely I was, I was i'm the first kind of creative in the family i suppose to actually do anything with yeah. that and, right right um, yeah yeah what about uh music was music around in the household like was it growing up was it a big thing it's a, yeah it was in two kind of ways one was the uh my dad he um used to be in bands so he would mm -hmm. go around playing gigs um and he was just in a, it was just a covers band but we used to go and watch him and you know have a good time and um yeah that was one form of music and then i was just really into indie music when i was yeah growing up and um, i used to you know play my stuff which used to wind my dad up terribly um because he was into completely different kind of stuff to me, but um. wasn't his wasn't his genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wait, I'm interested um, in the indie thing because, I mean, we're I think we're pretty much the same age, sure. and so we probably came like you know the the development of music was the impact it had was probably the same people you were listening mm. to as I or at least the opportunity of that. I yeah. in high school was a huge Anglophile when it came to music and we were really okay. into shoegazer music and NME oh, and all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. And I was in a band that played music kind of like that. So when you talk indie, what yeah. is your indie? I mean my indie is kind of like Stone Roses, that was it. uh Blur. Yeah. Blur. Yeah. My Bloody Valentine. Slow yeah. Dive. 
all yeah. that stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, Swerve totally. driver. So that's yeah. indie. I don't know because yeah. you know indie means different things to different know, people, it, different places. Yeah, and it does now as well. It's kind of changed over the years, but yeah, back at that point, it was very much yeah. The, the, all those bands we've mentioned, and um, you know, I'd, I'd read Enemy and Melody Maker yeah. magazines, newspapers every week. Um, yeah, huge part of my upbringing in a way that and that was a real way for me to access um i don't know just it broadened my horizons i think listening to that kind of music and right. um i think it helped that helped me or made me want to leave yates yeah absolutely yeah. Um, were you as excited as i and my friends were by those stone roses record covered the remy paintings yeah, man. <laughs> it just had a good vibe to it. And th that yeah. merging of like art and yeah. and music. I remember we would, there was one shop, I grew up in Pittsburgh. There was one mm. shop that had, you know, like good imports and they would import stuff. And you yeah. would get the Stone Roses Japanese imports that had a couple songs right. that weren't on the other ones. And that was like, yeah, just the, the CD liner notes and those paintings. Yeah. And, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. that really excites you about that stuff, you know? Yeah. I used to, I, I would spend a long time pouring over, yeah, album artwork and covers and um, just reading the liner notes, you know, front to back, cover to cover, and just completely absorbing all that um, to the point now, which I, when I look back, um, I, I, I can't. It's like, oh my God, I, I don't do any of that now. Like, you know, music has kind of changed so much. You, like you, I'm into bands now, but I don't, I don't read any of the liner notes. I barely look at the artwork. I don't know what any songs are called anymore. Whereas right. back in the, back in the day, I, I would know hundred percent the name of a song, everything about that song. But yeah, now I just, you know, you, the way we listen to music is completely different and you kind of just, you hear tunes, you know them. But you don't necessarily know what they're called or, you know, yeah, right. anything else about them. So, um, yeah, my, my, my connection to music now is completely different. But, yeah, back then when I was a yeah, young, young, young man, young boy, um, teenager, that was – it was huge for me, music, yeah. When you only get like 30 to 50 – I'm get that's a rough guess for me – CDs mm. a year. I mean, you're sure. really going to do a deep dive on those things. And yeah. you didn't know what they sounded like often before you got them. You had to go out on a limb. So yeah, no, you kind of just, just listen to it over and yeah. over. Yeah. You just, um, yeah, I, I would base all my opinions on what the enemy or the melody maker was saying. And I would just go, just go out and buy something purely on what they said. And right. you know, nine times out of 10, I would probably enjoy it. Um, Whereas now, yeah, you can listen to music before you buy it and you know, make all those savvy decisions. But yeah, back then it was it was a hit and hope, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the one phenomenon with that, that shift that you were talking about in music that's happened over these years is I remember how important music videos were back then. And it was such a visual yeah. accompaniment to the music that I think yeah. now videos are like, you know, once in a while they become like meme worthy or they're just like, oh, that's a cool yeah. video. But it's not yeah. really like it didn't it doesn't mean as much as it did back then and then no. to, to bore younger people if you had like if you were into you know slow dive and you wanted to see that music video to see what the visuals of that music sounded like not mm. only would you have to wait until midnight when uh, 120 minutes came on but they were in the back end so yeah, yeah absolutely yeah you, you really have, have to, to pull an all-nighter 
you know, if, <laughs> if you liked Beck, you were good because that's going to be the first video. But if, <laughs> yeah. if it was like a deep cut of like a British band that you like, you're, chances are you're going to be up really yeah. late. Yeah, I mean, in, in the UK, it was. I mean, I, certainly for me, from my own personal opinion, I mean, the only way I would see or, or witness, yeah, visually a, a band would be to see them on uh, Top of the Pops. I don't know if oh, you, right. you know what. Yeah. And that's that was like a weekly show. It's on for half an hour a week. And if you were really, really lucky, your favorite band would come on and it would be amongst all these other things that you didn't want to see but yeah you know if you're really lucky yeah stone roses would come on and it would just be like i'll, I'll start sweating you know i'll be like oh my god this is amazing and i'll yeah. hear my dad in the background you know huffing and puffing about it yeah yeah <laughs> that's um, not real music then, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah, and just to know, see what they look like moving because you would only yeah. see still photos i remember the first time i saw yeah. the verve play live and i was like whoa they're like they're moving around yeah. and like Richard Ascroft is like a tiny man. And it was just so, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. a revelation to just see them making that yeah. music in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you were drawn as a kid. That was something you always did. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Definitely. And um, I know that that is actually something that it's funny you kind of saying that because it was maybe in the past couple of years when my artistic style had kind of changed to what, with doing what I'm doing now, I, I look back at some stuff where I found some stuff in my mum and dad's loft, which was just like um, old exercise books, school exercise books. And I just, yeah, I com completely ruined all the covers and everything. So I was just drawing all over them, just doodling like little cartoons of Garfield or, or I don't know, Vision Streetwear skating oh, yeah. logos or whatever. I don't know, you know, all, all these random things. Um, and I kind of wanted to start doing that again in a way. I kind of just wanted to start making, yeah, artwork that was um, just a bit more free and just a bit more kind of just casual rather than thinking too hard about it. And so, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's how I've kind of, yeah, first started I was just doing, yeah, doodling really all, all over school books and stuff. Um, and then obviously, you know, I started taking art as a lesson, but. Um, yeah the, the drawing doodling thing was the first yeah was uh was skateboarding a thing for you i think i don't or the it aesthetic was. of it i mean you brought up vision i mean for me it was such an yeah. exciting visual thing like those mark gonzalez decks and stuff like i loved yeah those they were because they were kind of punk, yeah. you know it was like yeah yeah it just felt for me yeah again for me being in, in yay it felt it was something that was it was accessing something that not many other people I knew would be accessing. So you kind of felt like you were, I don't know. Yeah. You felt you were a little bit dangerous. You're a little bit right. kind of like, you know, you're, 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 you're compared to everyone else who's quite safe, you know, in this suburban town. Yeah. It felt like you were going out on a limb just because you had the skateboard. Um, right. and, yeah, and the thing is my skateboard was really crap. I didn't have a, I didn't have a name skateboard or anything. It was just something that I had, I can't even remember where I got my skateboard. It was just from the local, I don't know, supermarket or something. But um, just showed up one it, day. Just showed up. I just got it. I had up. one of those. My first one. Yeah. It was like one of those. Yeah. But we called them banana boards. It was like a skinny one. It was plastic. Just a piece of. Junk. Oh yeah. 
before yeah, I got like I a real skateboard. And I was like, I don't even know where it came from. It just was in my house. <laughs> it's just, just that. Yeah. Like I'll try to ollie on this thing, which is physically impossible. You know? <laughs> but it's your portal into it, you know? It sounds like we've had exactly the same upbringing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh, Yate, a lot of similarities, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that that yeah. culture of skateboarding, I thought was you know, if you were into indie music and zines yeah. or like that sort of thing, yeah, um, you know, skateboarding at that time, I think it was really like mm. culturally significant yeah. to an indie aesthetic, you know. Yeah, definitely. You just yeah, you get yeah, you're just accessing something other, and that was hugely important. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at the time, you don't really think about it, but yeah, looking back, you. Can, you can really see that that's why you are like you are now. You right, know? right. <laughs> yeah. That's the foundation. Um, yeah. So, so this school that you went to at Bath is it was it a college university or? So, so I studied in like all my childhood schooling was in Yates, and then I went to um, a college in Bristol called Filton College, mm-hmm. and that was just a year there. That's like a foundation course. And from there, I then went to Western Supermare, which is not far from Bristol. And basically it's um, uh, like a seaside town. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, basically the only reason I went there was because no other university would take me. Um, and I wanted to do a degree, but no university would take me. So my last ditch option was to go to Western Supermare College Um because they had a two-year course that was like this HND kind of course. Um, and they were affiliated with the University of the West of England, which is in Bristol. And um, when you completed that two-year course, they would um, the, the, the presumption was that you would then go on to UE, University of West of England, to do another year where you could then complete your degree. But when I was at Western, I did my two years there. I applied to the University of Western England. And they turned me down. <laughs> so then I was like, what? <laughs> Shit, what, what, what am I going to do now? Um, but so I just applied to some other universities. Unfortunately for me, uh, Bath Spa University said, yes, they would take me. But they said, you can't just do one you've got to do another two years so i had to do two years there and then i complete that was my completion of my degree so that was kind of like my my education basically yeah nobody wanted me for <laughs> most of that time <laughs> you had to hop hop skip around and, and make yeah. your way through did you yeah, study i mean what, what were your studies was it general or were you focusing in on arts and all? yeah so the, the years at what filton and western supermare they were both like, like general kind of art and design studies but then yeah i knew from that point that i wanted to do fine art painting and that's i knew i wanted to do that before i even went to western supermare but that they the course they had was just an art design one so i couldn't uh, i had to wait basically um but yeah when i went to the bus bar that was that was painting i just did fine art painting yeah well when did the revelation happen because i mean and i'm sure in high school you know, if you're drawing or you're in your art classes, yeah. You know what? It, usually, it's not hyper serious at that point. Although some people really no. lock in. But I mean, when did yeah. you have this feeling of like, oh, no, this is something I want to do? Because it doesn't sound like you had a lot of people around you showing you no. an example of living this life of being like a painter or a creative person. 
Yeah, that's very true. And um, uh, I had like maybe one other friend who was interested in the you know, same things as me uh, and was creative as well. That's you know kind of a supportive teacher at school. Um, but art, art, and and drawing and painting that that was the only thing I was good at. I mean, the only thing I got good grades at was was art and English language. So like writing stories and, and, and kind of creative writing. That those are the two things that I uh, I wouldn't want to say I excelled at them, but they were way ahead. And those are those are the things that I got good grades in. Everything else I scrape through, you know, scrape through kind of mathematics and science. Maths wasn't your thing. Definitely not my thing. It still isn't my thing. Um, so in in some respects, I kind of. I, I guess I kind of knew that that was the way I was wanting to go. And, uh, you know, my mum and dad was super supportive of me. Um, they didn't understand what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, and I, I still think they don't really understand, but they are really, they've been over the years, they've been super supportive and be like, you know, yeah, you know, do what you want to do. Christ knows how you're going to make a living from it. If, if you're even going to make a living from it, but you know, follow your passion and and you know i i have a lot to thank them for because they it could so easily have been different um yeah, because of where parenting. i grew up you know it's good parenting yeah. yeah and so i have a lot to thank them for but yeah they uh, i anyway, every time i talk to them about my work or whatever i i always i genuinely don't know for sure if they really <laughs> properly know what what's going on but they they always are positive and i, I love that for I love that. That's good. Well, yeah, maybe it reverberated your dad's feelings like, yeah, not on this music. I don't know what he's into, but yeah, you know, well, I think, you do it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know my dad, he would have loved to have, you know, made it in the music industry, but it never happened. And he said that's why he just started doing like, you know, covers in, you know, covers bands. And yeah, I think had things fallen different, differently for him, it could have been a completely different world. Yeah. 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 That's tough. It's a tough racket music. Mm, I don't think yeah. I think it's really hard to just make that work and yeah, sustainable, I mean, you know, especially think, these days. You know, no one makes anything now unless you have like a gazillion streams or you know. Yeah, yeah. It's I weird. Mean, it's I, yeah. never as because I played in bands growing up, you know, and I never thought it would get to the point to where touring would be the biggest, like the lifesaver for musicians. The revenue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird. Like you would think things are more the more laptops and the more like studios become accessible yeah you just wouldn't need and it's kind of flip-flopped with you know, know digital dissemination of music to where yeah i mean musicians got screwed basically they're getting no money anymore yeah and, for sure yeah and they just have to tour like crazy they just got a tour like crazy and just make loads of t-shirts and sell yeah. those and you know that's that's the way they make money which is funny yeah. because back as an indie band, I always remember saying like, we have t-shirts and seven inches in the back. And it kind of became yeah. a joke of like, you know, <laughs> trying to make a little extra money so you could just have more <laughs> food money on the road or something. But that's yeah. literally still happening where the merch table is like this huge thing, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> so uh, when you got out of college, when you got out of school, and mm. were you, did you have a sort of, game plan for okay well i'm gonna make work or did you know was there a path of like this is how i'm really. gonna try to make work and show it and 
mm, they've offered. Not really. No. I mean, I, I mean, I look when I look at what's happened over the years. I kind of see when I left university, uh, I basically had a ten-year kind of gap, really, of I was doing stuff, I was making, I was being creative, and I was, you know, trying to do things, but things just weren't happening. And I think, I think there's many reasons probably for for, for that happening, but I I didn't have a studio. Um, I probably thought I was better than I was. And so, you know, you kind of have that bravado of youth, don't you, where you just think you can do anything and, and then the, you leave the safety of, of, of university of having a studio and having people around you that actually support you. And then you're in the real world and it's like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It gets it quiet. It, yeah. It operates in a completely different way. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, uh, yeah, like I said, I was making stuff. It wasn't like I wasn't busy doing things and, and I, you know, I had work and shows and things, but it was a real quiet time. Um, and it was only really, yeah, like when I moved back to Bristol, um, so when I left university, uh, I moved from Bath to a place called Croydon which is South London, um, deep South London. And I was a postman at that point. So I left university, became a postman, and then I transferred to a branch in, in Croydon. So I was delivering mail. Um, and yeah, I then quit that quite quickly, started working in a bookshop. And then from then, like for yeah, 20 years, I was a bookseller. Um, but I, you know, I was working in, all sorts of different bookshops. Um, but the, the key thing I think for me during that kind of 10 year period after leaving university was uh, at some point, I can't remember exactly when it was, 2004 I think, I got a job in the bookshop um, of the Camden Art Centre Gallery, mm-hmm. which is in London. And uh, 100% that was... Um, extremely important for my development as an artist and the the shows that they put on the the vision of jenny lomax the director at the time she just brought in so many great artists and it was so the shows were so great and they just really really just i don't know took me somewhere else and i was at that point also then hanging out with more artists because I was on the front desk basically of the, of the, the gallery working in the bookshop as well. And just, you know, you're interacting with a lot. I was interacting with a lot more artists as you know, you get the technicians coming in this crew of, you know, pirates basically just kind of you know, doing their thing, installing shows. And you're just having real great connections with, with um, artists who are living it and they're really, they're doing their thing. Um, and also I was getting to learn how galleries worked as, as well. And so that yeah. was, it was a really informative time. And I, and I see it, I, I haven't done an MA, but I, I see that period, that four or five year period as being like a, yeah, an MA, it was an, is an education. And it really, I don't know, 
it gave me some kind of grounding and it was kind of from that point that then my work shifted and I started doing stuff in a different way to what I was doing before. Um, and I felt then that I had a practice, I think. Right. Um, and then I moved to, we moved back to Bristol. So I quit that job eventually and then moved back to Bristol. And that's when I got a studio as well. So, you know, those kind of things knocked onto each other and yeah, I got a studio and I don't know that's when things, yeah, started to, again, there was like another step up. There was another notch, a notch up the ladder, I think. And I, I, I felt like, um, I was taking it more seriously and I think other people were taking me a bit more seriously as well. I mean, not to any great extent, but you know, I felt like there was definitely a shift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, working all that time, you know, selling books it, mm. at that point, are you still sort of, you know, doing the studio stuff, just working all the while, or did it slow down a little bit? Or did you feel a little disengaged with it or were, um, you, were you sort of hustling the whole time? And it was just, it was you know, a bit of a hustle. Yeah. The whole time. I mean, uh, most of that period I was, working full time as a bookseller, but then yeah. as time went on, I started to drop hours and yeah, when I certainly when I moved back to Bristol, yeah, I was just doing three or four days a week. So then mm -hmm. I was having time to do the artwork. But I mean I, don't get me wrong, I was not making any money from my artwork either at that point. I was I was just able to survive doing the the, the, the few days I was doing as a bookseller. I mean and uh, you know, book selling is minimum wage stuff as well. It wasn't right, book selling yeah. in terms of like, you know, making a lot of money. I was making no money. And, you know, me and my, um, my wife, Lara, we, you know, living in, you know, <laughs> rubbish <laughs> um, flats and, and things. And, uh, you know, bless her, Lara is so supportive of me and my practice over the years. And God knows why. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. It was a, it was it was a tough tough time, but you know, yeah, it was just one of those things. You just kind of, I think a, a lot of creatives are like that. You just keep on doing that thing. You you love doing it, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some that will at some point quit that because it's just like, why am I doing this? And I don't. I've definitely had those moments over the years where it's like, what am I doing? This is just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not able to live almost, but something, some itch keeps you going back, doesn't it? Yeah, you keep on wanting to make, um, and so, yeah, that's that that's kind of been my thing. Yeah, I was, I was just yeah working as a bookseller, and then yeah doing my my art stuff on the side. But and it was a, it was a fine balance. It was okay, you know. It wasn't awful, and I I think you know over the past two or three years where things have really shifted and really changed. I mean, if that hadn't happened, I'd still be doing the, the book selling probably and I'd be doing this uh, thing on the side. I'm right. still enjoying it. I'm still loving it. And, you know, I've made great, I've had great time doing it. It's not, yeah. um, that was, ne it was never a bad situation. It, I would it, imagine it's just nicer when you have more time or a little more yeah. resources to make the work, but you're going to make it anyways, basically. Yeah. You're going to make it anyway, but you just might take a longer time doing it. You might maybe not make as much as you want, but you still do it. And I just feel I feel incredibly blessed to have, have had the kind of things happen to me. Uh, yeah, certainly since I don't know two thousand or two thousand and one, where there was a huge shift. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I 
I feel so lucky to be doing what I'm doing now full time for sure. Right. It's so funny because the work, your work has this feel of, um, I mean, it's one of the really interesting things of talking to people after or meeting them after being familiar with their work mm. is you might have a certain perception of what they might be like or something, you know, and your, your work yeah. has this patina of age, almost like it's been unearthed or something. There's this sort of <laughs> timeless yeah. narrative. It feels sort of, you know, it feels like it could be uh, an image pulled out of an old book or something of a story that you don't really yeah. know, like the pages you can, are illegible anymore, but you can pull mm. out this image and it's sort of telling a story because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, sketching these out in vectors and printing out digital prints. And then, you know, <laughs> it feels, you know, they feel like, I mean, I don't know, rustic and sort of, uh, yeah. they have a sort of like, and it's hard to describe. It's not like another worldly, but I do think it, it feels a little bit like storytelling, even though there's mm. in, when I look at the work, I don't see like, you know, a specific narrative playing out, but with titles of yeah. pieces, you can sort of sketch mm. together a feel of a world building in the mind. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that's something, I mean, is, is that really far off a and B is your history of being around books. And, and I would imagine if you work in a bookshop, occasionally you pick one up. <laughs> Maybe like I fucking hate books. I don't want to look at them. You know, it's like someone who, who's a, a pizza maker and they're like, I never eat pizza. And it's just over <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh yeah, no, I, I you you I mean both both uh things you've been saying there are, are, are true and are real. Um uh, absolutely I believe that yeah, the the, the all the books I've read over the years have and do form much of what I do. And yeah, I'm not, I'm never recalling particular books or particular stories. I'm not thinking, Oh, I must, I'm going to make a, a painting about that book or that story or that, or that um, thing. It's, it's usually just how I see it is that I have read those things. I've looked at those things I've listened to those things, whatever they are, uh, whatever music I'm listening to, and it's all there in my head. And my head is like a, a kind of like a, a coffee machine, and 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 the, and the, 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 the stuff that filters down comes out instead of going into a coffee cup, it goes into my fingertips, and then that's like you know, then then it comes out as a as a drawing or as a painting or whatever. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, fiction books have completely yeah informed what i do um all that reading is that it, it, it's all there and yeah i mean I, I i don't really know quite why i have that kind of my paintings have that kind of look to them i i, I just like things that are kind of old and gnarly looking um but yeah, I, 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 I do like that thought of things being dug up. And I mean, you know, one of the books that has kind of shaped me, I suppose, and was one book that I read very early days of being a bookseller was um, a book called Ridley Walker by Russell Hoban. And it, it details a, a, a kind of a post-apocalyptic world, which 
you don't know what the uh, the apocalypse has been. It's not it's not stated what what happened to the world, but you're aware that you're what you're reading is a a kind of a, a, a human project that has evolved or, or, or began to grow again from the ashes of this other civilization and they are the, the, the humans in this world are digging things up they're, they're kind of finding these things that that belong to another time and they have no idea what they are they, they don't they but they can kind of relate to them and it kind of feels when you're reading it you kind of or looking back at it you can kind of see well that's kind of our, like what what our relationship is like to i don't know stuff that we find like egyptian stuff or or, or kind of roman uh, civilizations you know we we have a connection to it because these are clearly humans that have made these things but it's remote enough for us to be like well we don't really know what it is we can only surmise what those things are I think that, that 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 book, reading that book, yeah, hundred percent, um, has filtered into my work, filtered yeah. into my paintings, and just that that idea of. I like the idea that these paintings that I'm making are, in some ways, should have yeah, been dug up from somewhere. They're they're kind of, um, they're like relics of another time, another place, yeah, another civilization, uh, and you can't necessarily read them. They're, they're, they're not um, I'm not obviously telling you a story I am telling a story in those right. paintings and those drawings but uh, even I don't necessarily know what they, they always mean and I quite like that kind of um, what, do you, what would you call it I don't know just that uh, that sense that they, they are slightly ambiguous you know the, yeah. the, the you're not, not quite sure um and i like people i like people to come to my work with their own baggage and with their own thoughts on stuff rather than me telling them this is a painting about whatever i don't i don't want people to really know what the paintings are about i want you to read them in your own way as a viewer and for yeah, you to bring your own baggage to it, and and for for the story to be your story in a way. Um, yeah, it's like you're putting together the narrative in your mind just based on yeah, these images. Yeah, it's yeah, obvious yeah, exactly. that you're imagining these figures and these spaces and these mm. things. And but and, and I do think it's really, I think it's a very strong aspect of. The, you know, the work of this sort of palette that it feels um, like local in a sense, not so much in a mm. formal way of local palette in the way the paintings are made, even though it kind of is, but local to a sensation of an era or epoch or like, you know, something mm. that just um, builds a world. Like there's a consistency there through, you know, texture and age yeah. and, and palette that unifies it in a way that you know, yeah. even though you're not telling a specific story necessarily, you, I mean, mm. you might be in your own mind, but you're not laying it out there explicitly. Yeah. It yeah. creates this sensation of you're, you're seeing some sort of parallel universe or existence. Yeah. That not dissimilar to maybe like, you know, psychedelics or like where people feel like they 
I don't know, I haven't really delved that far into that world, but you know what I mean? Where people feel like, oh, for like 10 minutes, you're in this other world or, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like our world. But it has a little bit of that. Yeah, it's hard to des to describe, but it's very engaging and interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not boring at all, that's for sure. Um, it's funny, I mean, I, it's kind of, um, you know, I know that now, but when I was first started making these works, I... I wasn't necessarily trying to do that. It wasn't something that I was really conscious of. I was just making these works that, um, I was just making them in a certain way and giving them a certain kind of look because that's kind of what, how I wanted to see them. But I, I didn't, it almost wasn't conscious in a way. It's just like, you know, if I'm painting and then, you know, the colors too dark or the colors too light or whatever i i would change those colors and, and kind of mute them slightly because of the colors were too harsh yeah um and it was it, I, yeah i wasn't i wasn't thinking oh i need to make these all look the same that wasn't a conscious thing but i realized now that they do all I don't mean this in a bad way. They do all look the same. <laughs> um, well, it's like... They're, they're um, the same but different, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like... You know how, like, Johnny Marr had a specific guitar sound? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, Smith yeah. songs are very different, and there's a lot of dynamic range and stuff, but between yeah. Morrissey and, and Johnny Marr, that mm. texture of the guitar and that brightness and the fullness of that playing... Yeah. It, yeah. it builds a cohesive element to that music that you yeah. when you hear it, you're not like, oh, another Smith song. It's just like the no. other one. No, not at all. They're all yeah. completely engaging, but you're definitely like, that's a Smith song. Like, you yeah, know it yeah. right away, you know? And I think part of that just has to do with some of the ingredients that go into it. I don't know. When I play guitar, I had an intuitive way of just wanting to play, you know? And I think yeah. a lot of times with artists who embrace that and they're not trying to make work that is necessarily conceptually overriding mm. process mm. and you know that and it feels intuitive that 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 voice comes out in a way that feels cohesive and it feels just like the person who's doing it. yeah yeah and uh it's like there's i mean there's so many artists who work that way. i guess it's it's like a it's like a signature isn't it it's just you know every i, I think every artist has that even if they're not making work that is necessarily cohesive. There, there will be some kind of signature that they have. We all work in particular ways, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, people tell me, <laughs> I don't know how true it is because I find it really difficult to disassociate myself from work, but yeah, people do tell me that there's, yeah, that what you've just said, that it's the work is recognizably my work. Um, and it's only been, it's just the longer I've been doing this. Yeah. I kind of, I am starting to recognize that now that there is a, I don't, I don't for a second think that I'm doing anything different to any other painter, but I guess, yeah, there is something about what I'm doing, which you, you can pin on me. You can kind of label it as, as, as my, as my work. Um, I, do, I find it quite hard to, to accept that almost because yeah, like I say, I don't feel like I'm doing anything different to any other painter, but um. <laughs> no, it's different. It's, it's very different. It's, 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 it's very unique in a way. I mean, I think it sometimes an artist himself, like we ourselves can feel or others can, um, 
sort of prescribe a, a pejorative element of, you know, oh, well, that's your style. I think that's what's, that's a testament to the work that a connection that the person has with it. Like it, it's neither mm. good about like an artist like Gabriel Rosco who can work from an exploded car to yogurt caps on the wall. That's yeah. pretty diverse. You know what I mean? But it's very much his work. Like it's, it yeah. feels like Gabriel Rosco, you know? So I, I think it, it doesn't necessarily have to be quote unquote style or whatever, but it's just, mm. there's something, I feel like great artists um, just do something that it, it, there's something magnetic about it just feels slightly different in a way that you want to keep mm. looking at it. Like a yeah. good, like if I'm bringing up a music example, I would say someone like Boards of Canada. Boards sure. of Canada's music, it's not that different than AFX Twin. Like there's elements of other yep. music in there, but it's so, it, I think a little bit of it, of the allure, is it's this otherworldliness. It almost mm. looks like it might not have been made by humans on our planet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a yeah, little bit absolutely. of like from a distant world or something, you know, but there's, yeah. I don't know. I'm just talking out of my ass, but anyways, I mean, it's, long story short is I think they're really interesting and they, they, they're very unique and engaging and thank you. Yeah. And I don't know, like that one figure with the, the head turning, looking back, it looks like blonde hair. You know what I'm talking right. about the name of the painting, but yeah. it's such a unique, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a compelling <laughs> image. Sure. Weird in a good way. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. but are you are you yeah. just are you because if i do the deep dive i can mm. bring up you know everything from you know uh, there's, there's a lot of like painters from the past or like illustrators yep. or comics or there's a lot yep. of different like mini elements that i could say oh i see a little bit of this in there but yeah. i'm curious as to how hermetic your you know voice is in the studio to where you try to not bring in a lot of outside influence and you just kind of try to let your stuff be your stuff. Or if you are, mm -hmm. you know, if your mood board in your studio has a lot of, you know, like grateful dead posters slash, you know, book covers from 1920 or who knows Dixieland record yeah. cover. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do have like a, a board in my studio that has just got uh, loads of, yeah, images stuck to it that are, yeah, from as you said, kind of just all over the place. That there, there are paintings on there. There are yeah um, uh, images of medieval wall paintings or whatever. You know, there's 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 stuff, and I like having that stuff around me, um, not to necessarily reference those things, um, you know, explicitly, but just to have them there as a thing that will kind of subconsciously come through in the work and you know when i'm when i'm making work you know the, the work the paintings they begin as drawings so that's always the way that it works and the, those drawings i make usually quite quickly regardless of whether they're you know tiny little drawings in a sketchbook like you know size of a poster stamp or whatever or whether they're much bigger drawings like a a one size or whatever um i try to make them quite quickly um because i know that the minute i start thinking too hard about what they are or where they're coming from that those works get the work gets kind of 
I don't know, a bit leaden and it's a little bit like, I don't know, a bit forced. So I'm, yeah, I always try to just kind of keep it quite loose and quite free and, 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 and unthinking. That's my kind of favorite word at the moment, unthinking. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to empty my head, I suppose, and just make something come out of the ether in a way. Um, and those, and then those drawings that I then, I turn an amount of them into, into the paintings and I'm not, you know, uh, kind of like, um, scaling up that drawing exactly. I'm just kind of using it as a basis to then make the paintings, but the paintings are then made in a completely different way. And they're, 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 they're made very slowly over an amount of time, long, long amount of time. And, um, yeah, that that is such a different process that happens, um, and it, it becomes, for me, the paintings become more about the mechanics of painting and about how to how to actually make that image come alive through paint. It's less about the narrative then. The narrative was made in the drawing, um, and so the painting is yeah just about it's about painterly process and. Yeah, how to <laughs> how to use color, I suppose. Um, you know, and I, I, I always feel like I really struggle with painting. I, I, it's never, I never find it an easy thing, and I guess that's why I keep doing it because it's it's something that I just don't, I feel that I will t eternally struggle with and never master. Um, but do you want me to add quite... in here? Like, do you think you're the only one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> We're all in that boat. There's a lot of us out there. <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple of people who are like, yeah, this is easy. I'm just, I'm killing it. Who cares? You know, well, but, it's, yeah, it's, it's a struggle. It's, weird. it's a struggle in it. And it's, I, you know, you see, I don't know, online, you, you know, you see reels on the Instagram of, you know, somebody painting something and they, they, you know, they're a master of their craft. You know, they know exactly how, you know, one particular oil paint mixed with a certain medium and can produce a certain result. You know, I don't, show -offs. I don't really, yeah, there's such show offs. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean my real, that's why I don't do reels. It would just be me like tripping over <laughs> yeah. a ruler in the studio and like getting something wrong and, you yeah. know, drinking my 50th yeah. cup of coffee for the day. It's like, that's not good. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I most of the time I'm tearing my hair out. The right. fact that I've done, I've messed something up, or you know, it's just, yeah. Actually, but that would yeah. be pretty good though. Like, like if you edit it in clips and you're like, oh, fuck, and you're like dropping something. Like, oh, well, damn that's it, that's wrong. You know, and just like, mistakes. Yeah, you see some people doing it, and like, yeah, it's them painting, and you're like, my god, that's just how can you do that day in day out and be so good at what you're doing. And I struggle every single day to to make a painting really just like sing, you know. It's it's it's. I find it, yeah, fascinating. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I. On one on one hand, I would love to be able to know how to paint, but on the other hand, I really yeah, like I say, I, I kind of enjoy the fact that I I do struggle because it makes those those moments when something does work, it just makes it like, you know, the most wonderful feeling in the world when it, right. when it hits and lands right. It's just like, it's ecstasy in a way, you know, you kind of, you're not necessarily, I'm not jumping for joy, but, uh, you know, I leave the studio on a high and then I, you know, next day I go in and I'm, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes the good moments all the, all the better. 
You know, like <laughs> yeah. if you just like every time you got up to the plate, you hit a home run. I mean, it gets well, boring. You know, well, it's yeah, like, all well, right, here yeah. I go. You know, and you want you want it to be. It's like if you eat chocolate for every meal, it's yeah. you know, yeah. you, I, don't know I, I I'm happy with. You know, I there was a great interview I listened to years ago with um the lead singer of Vampire Weekend. He was talking about right. I, I might be incorrectly paraphrasing i can't remember last week but i believe that he was talking about the fact that when you when he plays he's not you know technically like a master so his limitations really inform his creativity on the instrument it's kind of why Mm. he plays the way he does and i've always felt that way you know sometimes i'll watch there's guys on instagram who playing guitar and i'm just like oh my Mm. god i could play like that it just seems so easy and yeah. they're playing this amazing it's gorgeous amazing stuff and i'm like oh it must be amazing yeah. but you know it's i i think my my limitations made what i played interesting yeah it was you know yeah. like bands and stuff and i i probably wouldn't change that for anything you know no no i, I agree i think it, i think it's better to not be good at what you do because um i don't know it, it just kind of kind of going back to that band thing like you know when i was younger and and, and even like now when you 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 have new bands coming along and there's this vitality to them you know that a lot of them are when they're starting out they're you know doing other jobs and things and you know there's a real vitality to what they do because they're being forced to do the thing that they love on the side and it, it, it kind of it, it kind of hones and makes the thing more there's more energy there, you know, there's, yeah. there's a real kind of energy. And, and in some respects, I kind of feel like that, that was maybe certainly when I was book selling, you know, I was kind of do, trying to do that same thing and, and just kind of keeping that thing going. Um, and it's a bit, it's a bit different now that I'm doing it full time, but in a way I am still trying to, yeah, keep that, that vitality. Um, and, in some respects you know limit the time in the studio so that when you go in there is a reason to be going in you know doing the thing i you know i kind of do the studio nine to five but there's there's nothing wrong in yeah just being like you know what i've i've done a little bit in the studio today but i'm I'm going to leave it now because you spend too long doing it you end up just it becomes it becomes mud and it becomes too polished, I suppose, in a way. Um, yeah. yeah, better better to be unpolished and unfinished than than super slick. From yeah, I feel from, uh, my own personal opinion. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I, you know, it took me a long time, I think, to appreciate being unencumbered by massive talent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something freeing about like, oh well, well, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? I'm just got to try to do my yeah. thing as best I can. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's like and, a freedom and, in that, you know. Yeah. And all those mistakes as well are, are super interesting. Like yeah. things that don't work, you know, you, you rather than yeah, erasing them is you kind of maybe keep them a, a bit or you show them you show you show your hand slightly and that, that that's what makes for an interesting painting rather than yeah, throwing the painting away because you've gone wrong. It's em, embrace that 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 the mistakes and embrace the chaos of that as well. I totally um, agree. I'm, yeah, I'm a real believer in yeah, kind of chaos and and and, and kind of bringing that in, um, and just allowing that to kind of infiltrate 
the work. Yeah. 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 Especially lately with, you know, the advent of things like AI where things can just be made, you know Mm. what I mean? Kind of like perfectly. I mean, it's it's not perfect, but um, I just feel like our quirks are what make the thing interesting. You know, it's the wrong notes or the things slightly off, you know, I'd always been that way because my work is a little more like, it's kind of like hard edged. It's not completely flat or anything, but it's a little Mm. tighter, you know, and people see it in reproduction. They think it's like super slick, but it's not. Yeah. And then if there's ever like a little drip or a mistake or a fuzzy line or something that people, Mm. what's, what's that? I'm like, it's a painting. It's supposed to be. That's (laughs) I loved you know, going up to like a Barnett Newman and seeing the fuzzy taped line or the little mistakes yeah. or the Frank yeah. Stella or whatever it was, you know, yeah. the, those things were, it's kind of what the character yep. of, you know, completely. Yeah. Of yeah, a yeah. Painting or a person, yeah. to be honest, the quirks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, one of the thing, one thing that I've always loved was, uh, like when I was growing up, uh, listening to sparks mm-hmm. and, uh, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. And there's there's some keyboard playing in that that is, it's ever so slowly off in one part of it. And I love the fact that they kept that in, that they didn't say, let's do another take, get it right. It yep. was they, they were just like, left it in. And, <laughs> and every time I hear it, it's like, yeah, that's slightly wrong. But I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, work, it works. It's the so character, well. right? It's the character, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there was a, I forget what song it was, but there was a Miles Davis song when he was mm. playing with Herbie, and it was right. like a wrong note. There's just like a, a something that was a little off. Like the song yeah. just kind of wobbled for a second. Right. And when you listen to it, you come alive because you're like, oh, yeah, the, they're, yeah. They're, there's dudes in a room making this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It yeah. just kind of like calibrates you. Like mistakes mm. or things that are off can like, you know. Yeah, it makes you realize that there's a human that, that has yeah. made this or done this thing and um you immediately can relate i suppose yeah well all that said i don't think your work is i think you have an immense talent and i think the work is so interesting <laughs> and Shut up. i don't think yeah. <laughs> these are really cool paintings i mean it's <laughs> Thank they you. do they they do feel like there is such a a really interesting i don't know they take you somewhere different which is kind of nice you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 kind of you know, that's the hope. That's that that that's always the the the, the dream, I suppose, of of making an image, isn't it? You're, you're wanting to, you know, I, I'm always really happy to hear other people's point of view about my work, and it's even more fun when you know someone tells me something about one of my paintings, which is completely not really what I maybe originally intended, but to someone it's, you know, it's meant something else or it's, it's kind of said something else. And that's the beauty of, of, of making a creative work, isn't it? You, you kind of, as soon as it's made, it's handed over to whoever's experiencing it. It's, you know, the viewer experiencing it is that, that they're engaging with it in, in their own body and it's it's removed from anything that i intended and same with music when you you know we all have our own relationship to the music that every time i hear a particular song i'm taken somewhere but you know you hear a piece of music the same piece of music and you'll either go your own way or you you'll hate it or or whatever and that's the 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 beauty isn't it of 
yeah, a, a creative act. You, you, you don't know how someone else is going to experience it. And I, I really value yeah, hearing what other people think about what I do um, more than hearing myself talk about it. <laughs> I bore I, I, I myself <laughs> talking about my work in the studio in my own head. Right, <laughs> right. That conversation with ourselves. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah, it's nice to dialogue. have. Well, that's the beauty of having a show too, is that it goes out yeah. there and people just experience. And you don't, Absolutely. 99%, you don't have no idea. You're not talking to the people you don't no. know. But, but no. it's just the idea that they're going in there and thinking... You know, yeah. maybe they're like, "Well, this is crap," or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But <laughs> it's beautiful because it's they're having a a moment with something that you spent yep. that time doing. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's it. otherwise exactly. we would just write thesis statements, or just write it down and yeah, it up and say this is what I feel. Done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I think no. that's the beauty of of arts. So all shall be well. Indeed, that's Hopefully. the title, and. Uh, <laughs> That's your current yep. show at uh, at Boski, and it's yes. up until almost Christmas, right? Yeah, it is, and it may even extend over to the new year as well. So maybe maybe up for post uh, Christmas as well. But nice. I, I think that still needs to be decided. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So for people, you know, in New York area, they can go see your show in the flesh. What about yep. others? Like, what's the best way to, or do you have anything else on the horizon, or What's the best way people can check out what you're up to? So, I mean, I don't have anything. Oh, I do. Actually, sorry. I do have something in the UK at the moment, which actually, when, this is probably going to air after it's finished, but uh, I've got something in Bexhill in the UK at the moment, but I think that finishes this coming weekend. So that's probably going to go out after, finish before this goes out. But um, other than that, I'm going to have some work in uh, Miami, our base on Miami, and I've got some work going to Singapore as well. So if you're in the Singapore area and listening to this, you know, you'll be able to catch that in the art fair that's going to be happening there. Um, but for now, yeah, it's, it's, uh, at the moment, it's just in, in, in New York. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can engage with my work uh, on you know, the old, uh, the oldie Instagram. Page. Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's funny when earlier when you're talking about like emptying out. It's so yeah. funny because when we probably I'm guessing when we were at school, there was such a desire to like hunt out and see art or like look at magazines. Yeah. You just needed to see it. Now the yeah. art is like decluttering the mind. There's so much visual stuff. Mm, it's almost like yeah. you have to curate it out. <laughs> it's so different, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like Instagram is, it's yeah. amazing. You can just spend your whole, you know, you can spend so much time on there just looking. Yeah, it's so easy stuff. to do that, isn't it? But yeah, you have, you have to, you do have to put the phone down, don't you? And you have to go and see something in the flesh. That's oh, definitely that's the only way to experience it. And uh, uh, yeah, a hundred percent of the time, I would say, go and see the thing in the flesh. And I'm not just saying that about my artwork, any other artwork as well. But I feel like my stuff you see the digital image of it and it, it will yes it will say one thing but when you look at it in the flesh but certainly the larger paintings that i've made for this show you know when you're nose to the canvas you you're seeing other stuff because there's loads of scratches and things on the surface that you that you just cannot see in the uh in the digital image so um, Completely. if you're in new york please 
please go and see it because you will have a different experience than you would if you just looked online. Um, that being said, uh, there are some really nice detailed shots available if you from Bosky Gallery if you want to if you can't get there and you want to see some right. nice scratchy scratchy surfaces. It's better um, than nothing. It's it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, no different to music going to see it live. There's nothing like it. Oh yeah. yeah but the yeah, records yeah, are yeah. good. Records are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just Absolutely. bring in the verve to play in your studio while you're painting every day, you know? Yeah. I mean they might be it might be slow for them today. You might be able to get them for a week or something. Yeah. <laughs> not every yeah. day. <laughs> just kidding if they're listening <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure they're making great records still and the stone yeah. roses when's the last time they were on tour i wonder oh my gosh well what happened to them oh my gosh those guys love those guys um well listen it was great to meet and talk yeah really great to talk to you as well man yeah, yeah it's thanks good so to, much for doing yeah. it yeah. yeah thank you Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find out more about the podcast by going to the website, soundandvisionpodcast.com. Check out images on Instagram, at Podcast. You can really support and help the podcast by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and sharing it with a friend or spreading the word. Many thanks to Fulcrum Coffee Roasters to Zoho Art Materials, and to Golden Artist Colors for their support. We've got some great episodes coming up, so make sure you stay tuned, subscribe, share, and thanks for listening.